for the thousands in attendance and the millions watching around the world. We are live and amplified. So let's get ready to podcast. Fire it up. Welcome, everybody, to another live and amplified livecast. I'm your host, Tom Quiet, and we're back at it again with another amazing podcast. I am still alive. I am finally hydrated now. If most of you that have been kind of paying attention, I live in Texas. We haven't had water since Tuesday, and I ran out of drinking water yesterday. Finally got out today to get some drinking water, so I'm happy. And I've got my energy drink, so now I've got my coffee. I'm even double happy. But we have a very special guest. We have Kara Frazier. How's it going today, Kara? Good. I hope you're doing okay over there in Texas. <laughs> yeah, you know, it, it's just one of those things where when you can't take a shower, like you take your showers for granted, but then when you can't right. take one for an extended period of time, it's just kind of like... Changes things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, a little bit. But, you know, it is what it is. I'll, I'll get my shower here eventually and I'll be happy. <laughs> But I want to thank you so much for giving us the time to sit down and chat. I know we were supposed to sit down back in January before the EP released, but you're getting married, so it doesn't, you know, it, it all is good. Um, so first off, for the people that are just getting introduced to you from uh, through my page and whatnot, uh what's kind of your backstory? What got you into music? Who introduced you, you know? that fun stuff. Sure. Yeah. So I've been doing music since I was 10 years old, um, performing live since I was 14. And I'm from Jacksonville, Florida originally. So that's really where I got my start. Um, you know, I was playing like dive bars and restaurants and, you know, festival gigs and things like that, uh, 14 to about 18, um, until I moved to Belmont, um, where I went to school here in Nashville, Belmont University, studied music business there. Um, but the way that I found out about Belmont was through my voice teacher, and um, her name is Chris Rowe, uh, back in Jacksonville. We've worked together now for like 15 years, so that's been awesome. Um, and then there was a man named Dave Mack, who's a good friend of mine. Um, he worked on Elvis's A&R during his oh, wow. heyday. Yeah, yeah so uh, Dave Mack had a friend named Nora Wilson, who also became just like, you know, another grandpa to me. Um, he's since passed away, but he's an amazing singer-songwriter, um, won Grammys, you know, and uh, he produced a lot of people, Charlie Pride, Kenny Chesney, Reba McIntyre, so all the country people. So anyways, um, that's how I found out about Nashville in the first place, but I really got to see like the full studio experience when I was 17. Um, back home, we did a Kickstarter fund um, for, we raised $10,000, um, which was amazing. Yeah. And that allowed me to come to Nashville and record this EP. But at the end of it all, we were like, oh, okay, I'm not a country singer. Yeah. <laughs> you know, so we realized like, maybe that's not my thing. Um, which was fine. It was still such a good experience. So that basically launched me into what style do I want to do? And like, what do I love? Um, and that really like 
um, just expanded on me blending different genres together. So yeah, I've been here about seven years now. And since then, I've released a lot of singles, three EP projects, and um, I'm currently in the studio getting ready to um, record new music. So awesome, awesome. So you said uh, when you first uh, went out to Nashville, you kind of dabbled in the country side of things, but found out quickly that it wasn't you. Uh, what was the process kind of like as you decided country wasn't for you, you wanted to find a different lane? And as you started like molding different genres together, what was that kind of process like for you? Sure. Um, it was really fun um, because I got to dive back into all the music that I loved growing up. Like Christina Aguilera was one of my first um, like girl crushes, I guess you would say, in the music world. And then Alicia Keys. Um, I really loved Etta James and Celine Dion. So all these big voices. Mm -hmm. So once I decided like, okay, I'm not a country singer. Let's stop faking this. I was like, all right, let me go back to my roots. Yeah. So I just put on those albums that I fell in love with when I was younger. And that really allowed me to um, start developing back like the, the soul that I once had, you know, because um, that's always come kind of naturally in my voice. And yeah. I love soul music because it quite literally comes from the soul, you know. Um, but yeah, so then beyond that, I was looking back into like, Ella Fitzgerald and Sam Cooke and, you know, just these amazing singers that I loved. Um, and then I started going to these jam nights at Soulshine. I don't know if you remember where that was or if you've been to Midtown in Nashville. Uh, I, I've been to Midtown once, so okay. yeah. Well, anyhow, yeah. it's not there anymore, but that was such a cool spot in college because like my guitar friends and I would go there and we get up and you would just basically jam with whoever's there. Um, so that was really fun. And then I did a couple of things at Alley Taps with a live group there. Mm -hmm. So the process was really just networking and it took a really long time, slow process um, yeah. to get your feet in the door in that scene because it is so niche. Yeah. As you said, like country is the big thing here. So yeah. if you're not on Broadway, you have to go find these smaller venues yeah. and then, you know, kind of dive into those different genres. Um, but it, yeah, so it felt like the underground scene, but yeah. I don't, I don't know if I think it is anymore. Like, I think it's become a yeah. lot more popular now in yeah. Nashville. So, well, it, it's one of the last, not this January, but last January before everything kind of shut down, we were actually out in Nashville. Um, and we were going down Broadway and originally we thought it was going to be like a bunch of honky tonk bars, you know, just a lot of country stuff. And then we started looking and it was like, nope, it's not just country here. It's, you know, you got the blues club, you got rock club, you know, you just got a bunch of different things. So I think Nashville is turning. Yes, it's always going to be the country capital of the world, but it's turning into music, the music capital, like just in general, you know, so a lot of these scenes that you were, you would think would be like underground. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure there are like underground hardcore bands, you know, just stuff right. like that. But in general, it's just like a really good music city. It doesn't matter if you sing country or not. So exactly. Yeah, it's become so much more um, engaged with different genres, which mm. is amazing to watch. And also you find a lot of like country music now being inspired by R&B and pop. 
um, and even rock. Yeah. So yeah, I mean, the blend is just happening all, all around us. It's so fun. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. So you said you were, uh, you're from uh, Jacksonville. Right. I love Jacksonville. My, uh, I lived in Tallahassee and my dad actually went through some cancer treatment at the hospital there in Jacksonville. Okay. Uh, what's what's the name of, you know, whatever the hospital is. Uh, yeah. And I'd go out there every weekend since Tallahassee's two hours, three hours, you know, not that far. Yeah, and, you know, about just, three hours. Yeah, my yeah. nanny and papa live there and then my mom grew up there in Wakulla County. Okay, gotcha. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so it's uh, it's all I, like I fell in love with Jacksonville. Why did this is going to kind of sound like a stupid question, but why did you feel the need to move to Nashville? Because I feel like Jacksonville, at least now, has got a really between them and St. Augustine. There's like a really blossoming scene out there. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, you know what I found in Jacksonville is mm. that you can absolutely make a living in music if mm. you want to go play the bars every week and weekend um and that's what you want to do um be you know a touring musician through the southeast region awesome great for me i really wanted to come out of my bubble because i grew up there and i didn't leave until i was 18. i had been in that music scene for about four years so it kind of felt like i like hit that wall where i was like okay how am i going to keep growing if i don't go to a music hub yeah. which you know nashville at the time so basically you were like a lot of ambitious townies we'll call them because like when i was in, living in chicago i grew up in chicago okay and when i turned 21 it was just kind of like kind of hit my ceiling right now i need to expand so right. like any amb- ambitious person mm-hmm. you spread your legs and you move where where the calling is so right. yeah i get it completely um, how long have you been in uh, Nashville then at this point? About seven years now. Okay, perfect, perfect. Um, and in that seven years, you've released a lot of music. You've released, actually, even though it's been a little less than two months, you've already released your first or your EP for 2021. Uh, what's kind of the story behind this EP, um, date or the Deja Vu sessions? Sure, yeah. Um, so EP Rights Management, um, they are a company in Franklin mm-hmm. and they essentially have this really cool state-of-the-art studio. Um, so they have called me and like said, do you want to come like audition? So pretty much the audition just turned into my band and I going in there and like playing three songs live. Yeah. Um, so it's really like grassroots effort. Like, you know, I felt like very Motown about it where they would just like go in and kind of come up with things on the spot and jam. Yeah. So it was very more, very much more jam yeah. and than I normally have gone um, in, in my prior music. But yeah, it was a fun experience. I mean, I had some of the best players that I have had the privilege to work with and they're my good friends. So just felt like being there with my friends and like just having fun, you know? Yeah. Was it a strictly a pandemic project or had you started working on this prior to the pandemic? Okay. So yeah, that's a crazy story. About two or three weeks before we heard the, you know, coronavirus stuff. um, Mm -hmm. And actually right before the tornado struck here in Nashville. So those two big events came a couple of weeks after we recorded. So then we were like, okay, I talked with the engineer and I'm like, 
we have these recordings, but obviously you have to mix and master. Yeah. Um, so we had done like one mixing session and then everything went to crap in town and, and then in the world. So I was like, oh my gosh, what am I going to do? <laughs> I don't know how to mix. That's not my forte. Yeah. Um, I know a little bit about audio, but not to that capacity. And yeah. so I asked my roommate at the time, Garrett Glouse, who um, we had done the Beach Tapes EP together, which mm -hmm. came out in the summer, that yeah. was like our summer quarantine project where yeah. we wrote everything pretty much with the exception of one and like mixed it and mastered it. But regardless, I told him, I said, I know that you haven't done a ton of mixing in this capacity, but yeah. would you be willing to just take these session files and mess around with it? So that begun this process of us just like trial and error pretty much mm -hmm. until we got it where we wanted it. Yeah. So I was just determined, like, I'm going to finish this project, you know, even if it is quarantine or whatever so. yeah absolutely absolutely you know it's during quarantine it'll force you to learn how to do things that you I wouldn't know. normally know how to do like, really it, same as you it forced me to learn how to mix like uh right. because i couldn't we do we also do like a solo acoustic session video type deals and i have an audio engineer that usually handles all the mixing but he lives out in new mexico and just the amount of files that we usually send back and forth, it would take forever to send back and forth through Dropbox and whatnot. And so it was just like, I have to learn how to mix, I guess. And it's just one of those things where it's like, I am not good at this. This is not my forte. <laughs> I'm literally doing it because I have to. And right. now that things are starting to open back up, it's like, yes, I don't have to learn how to mix. I'm happy or remember how to mix, you know? So Although, are, you, are you mixing music or are you mixing like podcast? No, uh, music. It's like okay. music. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, we, it's like solo acoustic, more style stuff. Um, oh, okay, got it. We do do the occasional like full band thing, but that it's just, that's way beyond my capabilities. It's like, if you put in four, more than four tracks on me, I... I don't know. I'm lost. So, <laughs> hey, but. I almost failed audio class at Belmont and mm -hmm. I did great in all my other classes, but that was the one that really was downhill. But my yeah. professor was like, yeah, they told me you were a senior and you need to graduate. So I'm letting it slide. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's funny. That's very funny. I get it though. You know, yeah. it's, I didn't even take an audio class. I like I was, when I was uh, going through, I went through films or like a film program. And one of the like wild card requirements is like, you could take this class or that class. And I, okay, right. uh, it was either a graphics class or an audio class. And I chose to take the graphics class instead of the audio class. I probably should have taken the audio class. <laughs> so yeah. right. it's one of those things where it's like, I'm not going to need to know how to do audio. Oh, I know. Years later, it's like, I need to know how to do audio. <laughs> So. Yeah, I definitely, I definitely made some choices like that too. So you're not alone. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But so the um, EP released in January. Uh, what's kind of going through your mind now that it's out? You know. Yeah. Um, well, I was really happy with the outcome. 
I think that people really got the vibe that I was going for. I mean, this one was definitely moodier and more live sounding, obviously, Um, more jammy. And it felt like something that I would like present at an actual live show. Mm -hmm. So that's like the feeling I wanted to come across. And I think it did. Um, Yeah, I mean, uh, really inspired because I had a video, uh, you know, like teasing the EP um, Mm -hmm. and it got like, almost 18,000 views. So I was like really pleased with that. Um, That's just huge for an independent artist because you don't always get that response, not having the funds to really make that happen or that platform. Yeah. Um, So super cool. Yeah. So I'm thankful. I mean, people have been great about staying engaged with the music and, you know, my Spotify has grown and Mm. just, I would say my overall online presence and yeah, I just feel more connected to my fans and like understanding what they might want out of my sound. So yeah, absolutely, absolutely. How's um now that you've kind of gotten into the groove of this quarantine life that we're gonna call it, of just kind of producing your own stuff, do you see yourself continuing to do that or do you want to get back into a studio and just kind of do it the proper way? Yeah, I definitely love the studio life. Yeah. That is the life for me. Yeah. Well, <laughs> Only because I'm per- a per- perfectionist. So I'm like, yeah. I need to have control over what's happening. Yeah, yeah I, I completely understand. You know, because it's like, I talk to some people and they're so intimidated by the studio and it's just kind of like, I mean, I get it. You know, they're the only reason they're in the studio is because they can't really do anything else. They'd rather be out playing live and whatnot. It's like, but the studio, you, studio is one of those necessary things that you just kind of have to get used to. Now, now that you've kind of learned like the post aspect, do you think that'll help you in your future endeavors as far as like being a recording artist, like just having that basic knowledge? Yeah, a million percent. I mean, before this, um, these last two EPs, uh, the Beach Shapes and the Deja Vu sessions, I had not done a whole ton of arranging or executive producing, but I really was a huge like player and what parts went into what and what sounds went into what. So it's very creative. And I love the process because I think it helps me get one step closer to like the authentic sound that I hear in my head for Mm -hmm. myself. So yeah, it was super cool. And I, I, I'm going to take all those skills, you know, even when I'm in the studio working, I want to definitely utilize what I learned. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, As far as like your creative process, when you sit down to like write music, are you more like with your writing process are you more free-flowing like be two in the morning (laughs) and it's like oh red pajamas that's a christmas hit i don't know or or do you have to do you find yourself having to be more uh i don't want to use the word militant but do you have to be more strict with yourself it's like okay from tonight from seven to nine or whatever you know yeah that's such a good question i haven't gotten that before but it really varies on like where my schedule's at and where my mental space is at. Um, Sometimes the plan stuff is perfect. And then sometimes when you're not in that place, you go into it and you end up just getting frustrated. Um, So when I'm busier, I tend to just do it free form. I mean, um, I write a lot in the car. I write in the bathtub. I write um, when I'm walking outside for my walk every day. I mean, it just, um, I would say, yeah, my, I lean towards the more free form because yeah. I find that that's authentic and it's yeah. what I'm thinking about at that moment. I can just put,
put it out there and form an idea or even a song. But a lot of my ideas take a year to come to fruition and, yeah. and come together. So gotcha. You know, it, that's always kind of interesting how long it takes a song to be written is right. it's like you talk to some people and it's like they're playing a song or whatever. And it's like, yeah, I just wrote that yesterday. <laughs> it's like, I've never understood that. I'm like, how do you remember the words already? Yeah. And when I'm like, I've sat my butt, my sound engineer, Jeff, uh, he's in a band and I sat there or like the last time I was out in New Mexico, which was like three weeks ago or something at this point. Uh, I went out there and he was like, Hey, we're going to have band practice Saturday night. If you're in town by Saturday night, you should come hang out with us. So I was like, okay, cool. And as I walk in their guitar players, like, Hey guys, I've had this guitar lick in my head and I, I just want to play it and run it past you. And then over the course of a two hour practice, it goes from a basic guitar lick to basically the bare bones of a song. Nice. And I'm just sitting there. I'm like, I don't even know what I saw just happen, but it was incredible. Like just, just the way they run through it and structure it. And it's like, okay, I'm thinking this part for the intro, you know, and just like all this stuff. And I'm like, yes, you really have to have a 3d imagination to just kind of piece yeah. that all together. Well, it's so cool when the right minds come together and like the right talents and skill sets, it's yeah. so awesome. What can happen? And like you said, a two hour, rehearsal yeah absolutely absolutely but so for you um do you see or kind of moving forward with your music you've got you said you're working on some more stuff you got um uh you're writing you said it would be another ep right so i'm or gonna have a more like single approach for this okay. year and see how that pans out okay yeah, yeah. Like, you know, it's just one of those things where it's like, you know, you're not gonna, there's probably not that many shows happening unless you go back down to Florida. Florida seems like yeah. it's pretty yeah, wild right pretty now. Open. I was just there and I was like, whoa, yeah. this is crazy. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, w I went down to the Keys for uh, over uh, Christmas break because my parents live in West Palm Beach or not West yeah. Palm Beach. They live like an hour north of West Palm Beach yeah. and they winter in the Keys. But I'm like, <laughs> How much more Florida can you possibly you flip -flops get? On. <laughs> yeah. It's like you have to winter in Florida. Like really? That's that's a thing people do. You know. It really but, is. <laughs> uh so they were they were wintering down in the Keys and I went down there for Christmas and they're like, Oh yeah, we're gonna go to this breakfast place. And I'm like, I thought Texas was the only place that was open. Like even in Texas, you can't go into these restaurants. Like you right. have to sit outside or whatever and then florida is just like oh yeah go on in just wear your mask and it's like and then take it off when you're in there <laughs> yeah it's like okay whatever so you know it's wild florida's a wild place but you know <laughs> it's it's cool uh so you're uh you're working on doing like the single approach um is that mainly because you don't have show upcoming shows or w what's kind of the thought process behind doing the singles totally um i would say it's more from a marketing standpoint um it's a lot easier to push one song than it is like three songs <laughs> mm -hmm. at once um and i just did a really cool shoot like a video and photo shoot at um a cool vintage house here yeah. in east nashville yeah. called the house of adora so um 
all of those like photos I want to use for the singles. So nice. anyway, I'm going to tie it all together like that, but it'll probably be like an EP's worth or maybe even an album's worth of singles by the end of it all. But um, yeah, we're going to test it out and see how it goes. And would you, are you recording them all in one run or are you going to like space it out and like what's kind of the recording schedule, I guess, would be the appropriate question. Yeah, great question. Um, it's definitely going to be more spaced out mm -hmm. this time. Um, and in, it's going to be in the studio with like a full band, but probably a little more poppy, like um, in the way of production. Yeah. So yeah, a little less live feeling this go round. Yeah, I got you. Completely understood. Um, and then as far as like your live shows is it usually a full band with you or how what, what's a typical Kara Frazier live show like yeah um last year I did a lot of acoustic sets so it was me and a guitar player um I love performing like that because it gives me a lot of room to work my vocals yeah um but uh, I've done the full band thing too like during August I did a live stream with Bacardi and that was full band that was mm -hmm. really cool and then um, I did like in the neighborhood we live in, in Franklin, Tennessee, I did like a little porch fest thing because it was outside and socially distanced, but that was acoustic. So yeah, it really just depends. Um, but I, I am planning to do some sort of a live stream event when I have all, you know, like new music out this mm -hmm. year at some point, probably the end of the year, but I want to do a live stream and like do you know, an actual set for everybody. So I'm stoked yeah, on that. How have you uh, been liking the live streaming stuff? Like, cause I, I talk to a lot of musicians, some of them love it. Some of them are, eh, and others are just kind of like, nah, never. Yeah. I think if I had better control over what happens, yeah. um, I would like it a lot better. Yeah. It's just, sometimes you run into technical difficulties with, you know, um, whoever is filming it. I had that happen and it was not fun. You know, yeah. people waiting a half hour, it's like, oh gosh, you know, you're so sorry, but <laughs> technology is technology. Sometimes it fails. Um, yeah. But yeah, the way I want to do it is like, a, I love doing one shot live performances because yeah. it challenges me to like get it right. Yeah. Um, so I think I'm going to do a one shot through like some cool location, whether it's a studio or yeah. um, some kind of cool house here in East. But yeah. Well and the one shot thing, it kind of keeps it more uh, primed to like what an actual show would be like. Yeah. Because it's like, unless you're get, unless you're that person that gets up and moves around, yeah. you're pretty much going to have the same shot yeah. throughout yeah. the entire. And I, I do agree. There is a lot of technical issues, especially like if you're not running through an interface, you know, it, like just all sorts of things can possibly go wrong at its that like we did a couple of uh live stream stuff back when the pandemic first started just as like a live and amplified sponsored thing and the issue was we were having the artist control their own audio and not everybody had like that setup oh, and it was just kind of like hard <laughs> yeah because like as we were doing it through zoom and zoom has like these compression features and it was just oh. like this is terrible feel for you guys yeah, yeah. but when i at the start of the pandemic i was like you know what i've got this i'm gonna do a live stream so i had like my phone mm -hmm. and my ipad and then one had like facebook one had instagram it was like tetris trying to get it all on and like yeah. you're trying to talk to the people and i was like this is a hot mess and i am stressed yeah. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, i 
completely get and now it's kind of to that point where it's like you know what people are starting to open up yeah like as far as like oh i'll come to your place and we'll do something right. it's where it's oh. like i'm thinking about just inviting a few musicians over on like a saturday afternoon and being like yo we're doing a live stream i have control over it mm-hmm. we don't have to worry about compression we don't have to worry about none of that there you go like we're good so yeah yeah I'm actually doing something similar to that um, with my one of my guitarist friends, Chris, and in the next month, and we're just going to record some covers because, you know, we're comfortable enough, like we trust each other with where we've been and all that yeah. um, to be safe. And yeah. so anyway, we get together like that, but it's it's real small, but it mm-hmm. it feels something like live music, which, you know, I think we all could use. Yeah, I, absolutely. Like, it. It's been so long. Like, I mean, I. Being in Texas, I got to go to one live show. I, I think it was back in December. Um, it's been so long, even since I've been to the last live show. I don't remember if it was January or December. But um, there, for whatever reason, there was a bunch of Nashville artists coming through Texas to do radio promo. Yeah, And uh, somebody I had on the podcast back during the summer was coming through, and they were playing at a bar down the street. And I'm like... I can make that trip. Like it's four and a half minutes. If I walk, you know, it's like, that's how close it is. And so I was just like, I'll make that trip. And I went out there and it was cool. It was a little weird because it's like, you know, you go to this local like towny bar and I haven't been in Waco that long. I've only been in Waco a little over a year. So I'm not considered a townie. Um, And so it's like everybody there kind of knew each other and in I walk and it's just like, hey guys i'm just kind of here sorry you know so it's a little awkward but yeah right but you look back now and you're like if only i could have you know known that this wouldn't be a thing soon (laughs) yeah absolutely absolutely um but do you have any uh i don't want to keep you too much longer because i know you got to be somewhere here at uh you got to be out by 8 30 but um do you have a do you have any shows on the books? Are you looking to get out and start doing some shows or is it all just kind of virtual at this point? Well, at the moment, I have a plan to start playing back in the summer. Um, mm-hmm. But since I'm getting married in May, I am kind of giving myself that space to just like, you know, finish wedding planning and yeah. um, all that jazz. So after that, probably in June, I would mm-hmm. expect to have some more shows. Now, they might be more acoustic where it's yeah. like, know um in franklin and in nashville outside venues but um yeah i mean there are definitely some live streams that will be coming up it just and and like you know cover videos the live one takes but it um there's nothing on the books right now but i do have a new single coming out in june so i'm stoked on that yeah nice and what's kind of been have you released any information on that single yet or just okay perfect (laughs) Yeah, so but I'll send it whenever it comes out. Can't wait. I like I, I just I was listening through your music today because you know it's like until I went to the gas station at three o'clock or three thirty this afternoon, I hadn't been outside since Saturday. Yeah. And yeah. so it's just like what do I, <laughs> like I've been working from home for the like since March and like with this snowstorm, it was like oh, I can't really do anything. And so like I was I took, I was like, well, I got a podcast to get ready for. Like the podcast has literally been the few that I've been able to do this week. It's just kind of like, 
been my sanity because it's like, oh, I've got something to aim for because I got this podcast. And so I was listening to your music today and just, it's incredible. I just got to say that. I got to put it out there. I really enjoy it. And, uh, you know, you said it was like a lot, like the Deja Vu sessions was a live sessions, which I should have put that together. Like if you name something, whatever sessions, it's like, yeah, it's probably live. Right, right. But it, it all sounds incredible. I can't wait to um, listen to your new stuff you cut coming out. Um, are you going to cut is the new stuff you said is going to be a little bit more poppy than because I picked up a lot of R&B in your music. But yeah. you said this new stuff is going to be a little bit more poppy or what's kind of the feel you're going for? Sure, yeah. Um, and thank you for saying all of that. That's so nice. Thanks for listening. Um, but yeah, I, I really want to have more fun on this next you know, string of singles. And so whether that means it's a little just like brighter and poppier and a little more like danceable, that's kind of what I, I believe I'm going for. But I, I definitely will have some more ballads out because let's face it, I love like a good rhythm and blues ballad. Mm -hmm. It's my favorite thing to sing. (laughs) So, yeah, but I mean, there's going to be like, you know, strings and horns and, um, you know, just kind of like those really soulful elements still in the music. So I would say maybe the structure will be a little more pop, but all the elements are going to be still organic and, um, that sort of a thing. Awesome. Awesome. So outside of music, when you're not planning your wedding, <laughs> what, what's kind of your thing? What are some of your hobbies? What do you, what, what sets your mind free? Yeah, totally. Um, well, I love watching a good, like true crime show or listening to a true crime podcast. So I have like my favorites, um, but that just really interests me. And then I also like talking to my family on the phone. I mean, because this year, you know, has Mm -hmm. been separating us a lot. So yeah, yeah, like my uh, grandparents are um, in Jacksonville and they're 90 and 94. So yeah. So uh, I try to talk to them at least once a week. And yeah, I mean, I'm just, I feel like, the most important things in life are family and friends. So I like to, even if I don't get to hang out with my friends right now, I like to at least FaceTime or check in on them. And yeah, I mean, music is pretty much encompasses my life, but yeah, I would say just like shows and podcasts and then listen to music. (laughs) What? Because I'm along the same, I'm not going to say it's a hundred percent true crime stuff that I enjoy to watch, but I, like it's more of the documentary stuff of nice. like the, like a lot of the mafia stuff like that's oh. been coming out on like Netflix over the last year or so. It's just kind of like I love it. I love watching all that stuff. What's your show? What do you, what do you like to watch? Well, I have a question first. Have you seen The Sopranos? Yes. Ooh, how do you feel about it? I can't tell. Um, I mean, it's been. A while since I've actually watched it, but it's okay. it, it. I think I need to go back and watch it in because I was like not in the same mind space that I am now. Like, uh, so sure. it's one of those things where I probably should go back and watch it. But it was all right. Like, I, yeah. it, it's it was a good show. Don't get me wrong, but yeah. yeah. No, I get it. It's it's definitely like a slow burn, you know, yeah. and you have to be there. Yeah, because um, I tried to watch it all the way through, and I only got. A little ways in so anyway i just thought mafia i'm like oh it's a good show yeah. um i like true detective but mainly this is in with um denzel washington or no i'm sorry it's the matthew mcconaughey and woody harrelson season yeah. um 
I love it. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen that, but you definitely have to watch it if you're into that. No, I have not seen it. I will watch it though. Like I've, the, this year I've invested so much time into all the different streaming platforms that it's just kind of oh. like always looking sure. for something. Yeah. yeah. So what show, actually, interestingly enough, because I do enjoy history, mm-hmm. one show that I've really been into is The uh, Man in the High Castle on Amazon. Yeah. I've and seen it, that on the list, but I've never clicked it. it. It's basically if the U.S. lost World War II, what the country would look like. And yeah. So it, it's it's an interesting, very, very interesting show. Nice. I, I still got, I think I'm on the last season right now. So That's so cool. Yeah. Um, there's a new one on Netflix. I can't remember the name, but it's about like spies and the CIA. Mm-hmm. Um, super cool. Yeah. It, you know, it's, there's just so much out right now. It's, yeah, it, it's incredible. I enjoy it. I do too. I will say like Netflix shows have saved my sanity because yeah. <laughs> it lets yeah. me escape, you know? Yeah. It's good. Well, what about a podcast? You mentioned that you're really big into podcasting and listening to podcasts. What's your podcast? Well, this sounds like weird or whatever, but my favorite one is, um, well, there's really my all-time favorite is Crime Junkie, but that's like everybody's favorite. Um, mm-hmm. I like serial killers a lot. Okay. That's like just about every prolific serial killer. And I like the way that they tell the story. Okay. So yeah, those I'm are my. Have to, I'm gonna have to broaden my horizon on the podcasting because I I listen to yeah. a lot of like Joe Rogan and a lot of his comedy oh, buddies. Oh yeah, definitely. Mm-hmm. And it, so it's just like I think I need to broaden my horizons a little bit. And you know, well, hey, you never know until you try. I yeah. mean, I would say Crime Junkie would be a great one to start out with because yeah. that's the first true crime podcast I had ever heard, and yeah. grown a lot since. But they just do a really good job. Yeah. I wonder if my buddy's podcast is still available. Um, he did for a short time. He did a short, like uh, back in the day when they used to do like a uh, uh, series, like it would be like what a TV show is now, like right. a, a drama or whatever. Mm-hmm. He did a show called Roswell BC, which okay. is basically Roswell before the crash. Okay. And so, like, I from what I remember is like the grand finale is when the crash actually happened, but like everything is leading up to the crash in Roswell, New Mexico. And it was a really interesting show. And as he was getting ready to wrap it up, it started really picking up. And mm-hmm. everybody was like, We want more. And he's like, No, I'm kind of good on it. We're the story's been told, you know. And we're done. Oh, I bet his fans were so sad. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, he put a lot of time and effort into it. And I'm just like, you're really starting to pick up like yeah you might want to yeah figure consider. it out roswell ad how about that okay yeah or there you AC, go. <laughs> whatever after the crash that could work you yeah. could pitch that idea i think but you know it, podcasting is just so easy because it's like i could place it right here while i'm doing my work and right. i could just not have to pay attention to it and right. it's just noise yep it's amazing yeah how did you get into podcasting by the way uh well i like the very early ons like before i started this podcast specifically i did a baseball podcast i was interning for the uh for a a team in southern illinois i was an intern in college and i would talk to all these music or all these uh baseball players that just like for this being an un or unaffiliated like independent league you know 100 percent independent 
nobody's making any money. You know, all these guys had these great stories about, oh, yeah, I was drafted by Tampa Bay. I made it really far, and then I got let go. And so now I'm back here just trying to keep the career going. You know, just like all these really cool stories. I was like, people need to hear this. And so I got like four or five episodes deep. Back then I had no money. Like I couldn't afford the $10 a month or whatever it is on Podbean. And there. (laughs) Yeah. And so like once I ran out of free space, it was just kind of like, well, this podcast is done. You know, I'm (laughs) not putting any money into it. Now looking back, it's like, had I put money into it, it'd probably be like a really big thing right now. Hey, hindsight's 2020, but you're still doing your thing. (laughs) Yep, absolutely. And then so this pod, to fast forward a little bit, this podcast, it was kind of born out of necessity because we would just do um, like the uh, live sessions. And then like we made like a TV show out of it kind of. So it was like the live sessions. And then we talk kind of like this. It's like, oh, so your song, whatever, what's that, you know, like, you know, that kind of conversation. And we had a band that we really wanted to work with that was coming through Roswell, New Mexico. And they were like, we don't have time to do a second setup. Is there a way we can just do like an interview or whatever? Nice. And I was like, yeah, let me figure out how to do that. And it was just like, oh, it's easy, you know, and it felt simple. Yeah. And it was, uh, it ended up being the first episode. And actually it was with a pretty decent sized band considering where we were at the time. It's like, we had no right interviewing these guys, (laughs) but you know, so now you make it. (laughs) Yeah. And so now, uh, now 271 episodes later, here we are. Congrats. Or 272. I just uploaded 271. So, so, but then again, like the, um, the pandemic really sped things up because it was like, oh, well, I can't get to the musicians. So let's do it online. And yeah, so the pandemic really sped things up. Yeah, I think it's actually a blessing, you know, through all of the chaos is that some of these projects that we all wanted to do for so long, it's like, you have no excuse anymore. Yeah. <laughs> and um, not only that, there's that need to do it virtually, but that's really opened up a lot of like industries. But I think especially music, you know, I've done a lot of interviews lately and yeah. it's been cool because even though it's a podcast episode, it's been filmed like this and it yeah. kind of makes it more interactive for, for your fans, you know, yeah. so it's pretty yeah. great. And, you know, the really cool thing is, this podcast like just the fact that we've been doing it so consistent well I shouldn't say we've been doing it so consistently because one week we'll do like seven episodes and the next week we'll do like two you know it just kind of depends on the feel and whatnot but like just doing it more regularly um we actually launched a radio show like we turned the podcast into a radio show I saw that yeah totally that's amazing like it's more on the rock side of things just because that's the station that reached out to us that's what they were it's like well we could get rock bands like it's not hard like i mean that sounds very egotistical to say but it no, really, like, yeah yeah i get it and so like as we were putting that together we got it like we got the flow down and everything and now it's just kind of like 
oh, are you going to do a country one? And it's like, you know, we probably <laughs> could do a country one like five times easier because it's just like we're like we're not ingrained into the Nashville scene like that. But I could just throw a a message out into one of the Nashville boards and million people will yeah, come absolutely. Yeah, but. So I don't want to keep you too much longer because it's almost 8.30. I know you got some pla- you got places to be, people to meet, babies to kiss, you know, all that fun <laughs> stuff. But before we let you go, the most divisive question I can possibly ask. Oh, boy. <laughs> Ready. Pineapple pizza, yes or no? I actually like it. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're from Florida. Like, I, it, it's, it's, a, it's a coastal thing. So. yeah um i get made fun of a lot for that but it's fine i'll admit it <laughs> it's all good it's all good you know it's, it's one of those things where like back in chicago it's like nope nope okay nope, so nope, you're nope. not allowed to say that you like it even if you do like it <laughs> well you could like i mean i'm sure chicago's opened up their stance but if you it's just you got those hardcore pizza lovers and it's like nope it's cheese it's meat it's sometimes pepper, like onions and peppers, but most of the time it's cheese and meat. That's you know, I just, I don't discriminate against pizza. Anything yeah. with cheese and bread and then whatever on top, I'm game. Okay. I dig it. I dig <laughs> it. But um, other than that, uh, if people want to, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It's been a blast chatting with you. But if people want to check out your new EP that dropped in January or your upcoming music, where's the best place for them to do that? Yeah, so they can go to my website, www.carefrasiamusic.com. And then all of my music and releases are on um, the site. But also Spotify is great. Apple Music would be great. Um, My Instagram is at carefrasier underscore. Definitely follow me there. Um, I made a TikTok Nice. finally so it's care Frazier music so go find me on there um yeah and follow me on spotify as well because that really helps awesome what's been your favorite social media platform so far oh, i love instagram yeah. i really do i like the um the new reels feature a lot that's mm-hmm. been really fun for me yeah. i mean i think you'll see find out that the reels and like tiktok it's kind of the same thing yeah right but you know it's interesting because it's like I need to, like, I'll get really hot on Instagram. Like, I'll be like, oh, post three times a day, you know, whatever it is. And then I'll go like three weeks and it's like, oh, I haven't posted anything in three weeks. You know, so like I get really hot and cold on Instagram. But even though, because like nine times out of 10, what I post on Facebook, I can't cross post on Instagram because it's just a text-based format or whatever. But I'll find my happy medium. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think everybody has their one or two that really works for their content, you know? Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. And with uh, Instagram, like, I mean, it's interesting because a lot of the stuff I do is very visually based. It's just kind of like, I don't know, for whatever reason, just making it specifically for Instagram is like, that's too much. The square is the death of me. Yeah, I gotcha. <laughs> but Once again, I want to thank you so much for jumping on the podcast. It's been an absolute blast chatting with you. Um, Thank you, everybody, for tuning in, and we will catch you guys later. Thanks, Tom. Appreciate it. All right. We're good. Awesome. Well, that was